one. All righty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Modcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry, with your co-host, Tyler Bedson. Tyler, the age-old question, what kind of animal do you feel like today? got a great one for today. Okay. So, you know, I went on the top 10 list of most bizarre monkeys, uh-huh. and uh, I found this great one. It's called a Tarsier monkey, which it's kind of a monkey that looks like a, a gremlin mixed with a frog. And you'll have to look this up. It's T-A-R-S-I-E-R. Anyway, something really fascinating about them is they are suicidal monkeys. Holy Christ, what is this thing, dude? When when they feel too stressed out, they start beating their heads against something hard, such as a tree. <laughs> that I mean, I can't I feel like that might be what I am, but <laughs> oh man, they are freaky looking, dude. Yeah, it's kind of like I, I kind of want one, though, you know? It looks like it'd be, like, a good pet. I'll, I'd put a helmet on him, though, you know, just just in yeah, case. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'd be really upset if it, like, got too stressed and it said, it like... Head-making, you know? Yeah, I know. Like, you play metal music and it just starts beating itself. Like, I just, you know... <laughs> yeah, you pay a contractor <laughs> to come in and put, uh, like, padding on all... Everything in your home. He's like, why? And you're like, that that little buddy right there. He's just My like... your monkey. He just hit button like a pad and he's just frustrated because nothing's happening. Poor guy. Why is that they're like their uh what's the word? Like primal instinct. Like how was that defined in their genetic predisposition that like their defense mechanism to stress is head banging? If it's things? it says these shy little primates get nervous when they hear loud noises, bright lights, or they get manhandled by tourists. <laughs> Me too. I get that. I'm I'm the exact same way, buddy. I get it. It's like, well, time to end it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I get that. Now we're just going to talk about mental health, guys. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just at this point, this is just becoming an educational podcast on animals. Um, <laughs> my today, I feel like a narwhal. Ooh, just feel like the unicorn of the sea. That's really it. I just think they're they're badass creatures, and I'd love to have a tusk to use as a weapon. So, fun fact, I did not know narwhals were an actual real animal till about a year ago. Really? You just, I thought they like were like, thing? you know, I thought it was like a unicorn, like just like a unicorn fish. And like, mm-hmm. and then I, I remember seeing like, you know, you'll go to like stores in the aquarium and they'll be like narwhal stuffed animals. And I'm like, what, why the hell do they have these? These aren't real. And then some, I remember, I think it was Laura was like, yeah, those actually like exist. And I was like, <laughs> you're like, holy shit, man. That's yeah, crazy. kind of life, life changing event for me. I was like, oh, wow. So that's the thing. Narwhals are real, but pandas are not real. Just to reiterate that. Yeah, it's kind of messed up. I've gotten a lot of a lot of flack on that, and I will tell all of you right now. You can you can tell me whatever you want. I will die on this hill. Pandas are not real. Come at me. You know something odd I found the other day when I was you know investigating animals that I could possibly feel like that day. There's mm-hmm. something called a panda ant. Hmm. And it's an ant that actually looks like a panda. You'll have to look this why up. Why I not? Why do I not know about those? I was. Thanks. There's a lot of stuff we don't know about because the more I've started learning about zoology, the more I found just, you know. Holy shit. Wildlife is crazy. Well, how did I not know about these? Do you see They're nicknamed like, the cow looks, killer. Yeah, it looks more like a panda than an actual panda does. Where do they live? 
They're venomous. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't know that. I'm category seven licensed in like 10 states. I used to be in, uh, I was a project manager that dealt with pest control for a long time. And I've worked like 85,000 jobs and I'll tell you about them all one day, guys. But I am just bamboozled by these little things. They're kind of cute. Kind of, you know, they've got some mystique to them. I like dangerous things in this world. God, well, that's cool. We learned so I learned something today, guys. How cool is that? Um, this is what we're here for. The first five minutes of every podcast is dedicated towards animals and bizarre ones. Tyler's currently staring at his mic in the most fascinated of ways. Are you good, man? Well, I found this piece to the mic and I don't know what it does. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just a clip to like a maybe not. Now I'm fascinated. Know, man. I'm really I'm curious at this point of what this is for. So I might open up the box later and see. We're we're we we are really good at this, guys, and we appreciate you stopping by to listen to this nonsense that is this podcast. <laughs> oh, let's get started. Yeah, let's talk about it. So, um, you know, we've done we've done uh, an episode pertinent on how important it is to be in a healthy like romantic relationship. In any sense of well, any aspect of life, but you know, pertinent to competing. And now we're going to kind of talk about our experiences and just open dialogue about how important it is to have the right friendships um, in life, especially when you're competing, and also like your professional life, your personal life with your family. Kind of the importances of all of these things. Kind of share some of our stories about how it can be very detrimental to surround yourself with the wrong people. Um, I think one that, that comes to mind for myself personally is actually from like a professional standpoint. Um, again, one of my many jobs, I was a, a diamond broker and a bench jeweler for a couple of years. Um, so I worked in a jewelry store, right? Mm -hmm. And I worked for a, a brokerage in, in Knoxville at the time when I still lived there. And I was prepping for my first show and I worked with probably 20 people and I would say 90, 80 to 90 percent of them were either morbidly obese or near morbidly obese. And so they didn't understand what I did and why I did it. And every day, literally every day, I was asked the same questions. Are you eating the same thing again? Mm hmm. Why? because I have to. Why? Because I want to, right? And it was became just a very, it just becomes very annoying to have the same conversation, but it was also very difficult deeper in prep when we had food catered like every day and we had, there was always like baked goods and everything else. And so temptation was always prevalent and it became very difficult to be in that work environment to the point where like I couldn't even go in the break room anymore. Like I wouldn't, a lot of times I wouldn't even warm up my food. I would just take it straight to my office and eat in my office. So I would avoid even being around it. But then at yeah. a certain point, you just kind of feel like you're on an island in a certain sense when you're surrounded by people who just cannot grasp what you're doing. And granted, what we're doing is kind of weird, especially to the outside yeah. eye, but it became more and more of an issue the deeper I got into prep. Yeah. I think part of the success of people is who, who you surround yourself with and your environment. And it becomes really hard because I do have a lot of clients, you know, they'll go to work and their workplace is probably the worst, most toxic environment to, to get anything done because 
people automatically assume if you're not eating fast food or if you're not eating, you know, garbage that you're dieting. So then all of a sudden it becomes like, why are you eating chicken today? Oh, when you, when you get to stop eating chicken or I, I've had clients send me pictures of, you know, their workplace, um, break room and it's filled with like pastries and uh candy and all sorts of stuff and they're like this is what we have every day in here and i'm like yeah it's not a exactly a great environment to you know get results with you got to have a lot of discipline so one of my my biggest things i tell people is who you surround yourself with makes you who you are mm -hmm. so sometimes in life, it requires, you know, surrounding yourself with other people who have similar goals. Yeah. And this is something I had to learn. You know, back whenever I was start, first starting to get into fitness, I was hanging out with a lot of kids my age that were, you know, smoking weed every day and going and drinking, you know, five days a week. And I had to get out of that stuff for my own personal goals, which meant over time I was making different friends who had similar goals that I did. So that I could further progress in life. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I think too, like the, the deeper you get in the sport, it just becomes easier or more simple, more simple to be friends with people who have similar interests or similar focuses, right? Like for me, for the most part, the only time that I see my buddies is when I'm at the gym training with them or in passing, you know, and that works. It's easier for me. And they also, again, they understand why I do what I do. Now, granted, my closest lifelong friends who are not bodybuilders also get it because they are my closest lifelong friends. And so they know when I start show prep, they don't ask me to go get drinks or ask me to go get food yeah. or anything like that unless I volunteer and ask to come and hang out. And a lot of times leave and be like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like, I'll come, like, we'll go to main event or something like that or whatever it may be. Because I still want to be present and active in their lives as much as I can, but they don't have the expectation once I'm deep in prep that I'm going to go out with them, right? Yeah. But that's like a very that, that's taken me a long time to find those core friends in my life, right? Whereas anybody else, like I've been in the same position, man, where I used to surround myself with people who just wanted to party all the time. Like, dude, no, you can you can have drinks, you'll be fine. Like, you can yeah. have this. It's like, no, I can't. And even if I could, I shouldn't because it comes down to discipline, right? Well, that's the biggest thing is having somebody that, having people in your life that respect your decisions on what you want to do. Like, so I always tell people, make sure your people you're hanging around with are understanding of your expectations of what is required of you to get the results you're trying to do. Especially if you're like going for a fitness goal or you're in a contest prep, you want people to understand like, Hey, I'm not able to have pizza. I'm not able to have a beer. I may be in your area and you can have a beer yourself, but I'm not able to do that. So the more you try to influence me to have one, the less of a chance I'm likely to come hang out with you. For sure. So, and I, I've had to eliminate some people in my life because of, you know, certain things like that. Like either they are too pushy with their influence or they don't have the same goals as I do or they're very negative people. And those are all things you have to be cognizant of, of when you're hanging out with somebody is like, is this person giving you value in your life or are they actually making you regress or almost anxious to hang out with them because of how they act as a person? Yeah. Like you don't need a guilt trip for choosing to do what you want to do. Like they're choosing to do what they want to do. 
if if for them they get fulfillment and excitement and joy and whatever else from drinking and partying like so be it like teach their own but like on the flip end understand that like me choosing not to is what might give me fulfillment and joy and purpose and all those good things so it's like we can be on two separate you know scales of priorities but we're doing what makes us happy and that's what should matter if you're friends at the end of the day you know um but again, like we said, like you said, like you, you are ultimate, what is it? It's like, you're ultimately a product of like the five people you surround yourself with. Yeah, that's true, man. And like, I, I try to center myself around people that are talking about like business and how far they want to go with business, you know, how, people that are motivated for their physique goals, um, people that are motivated financially, people that are very, um, positive on the outlooks of life. And I've had to center myself around those people to continuously get better. And yeah. And it, it sucks to say this, but there's some people that I've distanced myself from or stopped hanging out with because they didn't fit that mold of what I'm trying to become as a person. And and that's okay. That's sometimes what you have to do. And there, there's a client that contacted me the other day and they were like, man, how can I get back to my normal self? And I was like, well, you need to look at who you're surrounding yourself with. It says a lot about who you're going to become. If you're hanging out with people that like to go drink every day, you're likely going to go drink every day. Yeah. If you are like hanging out with people that smoke cigarettes, you're likely to smoke cigarettes too. Yeah. And you're, that's you're a great gonna, example. We you're going to you're going to mirror people regardless of that if it's a conscious intention or not. You are going to start to like like we we see with anybody. Like you hang out with certain people and you your your isms and quirks start to kind of match theirs. It's human nature, right? But it also applies to habits. So it just becomes a conversation of like, are the people around you actually good for you? And if they're not, it doesn't. And, and, and this kind of is a separate point too. Just because I don't hang out with somebody or talk to them every day doesn't mean that I hate them. And I don't know where in society that became a thing. Like there are people that I'm still friends with. I just haven't seen them in ages. But when I see them, I'm going to be excited to see them. We'll talk, go our separate ways. They're still a friend to me. Like there's, it doesn't have to be an extreme of like you either love or hate somebody. I can be friends with somebody, but they don't fit my day-to-day life and that is okay. And I don't fit their day-to-day life, but there's no resentment or animosity attached to that. Right. And so you have to have this conversation of like, is this person really going to be good for my day-to-day? And if they're not, then they might not need to be in your day-to-day life, but they can still be a part of your life in certain regards. You know, I've got a lot of people I consider good friends or acquaintances and, you know, I know everybody isn't into bodybuilding like I am. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing I would tell people, that's okay. It's good to have your friends that aren't into bodybuilding. And I have plenty of them, man. Those are some people I hang out with all the time or ones that aren't into bodybuilding. But I also have people that I can, you know, talk to whenever I'm in a serious phase of bodybuilding. Like, I know, for example, in my next prep I do, I can reach out to like people like you and Austin Brown. Yeah. People I can be like, hey, go go and give me your 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 opinions on how my physique looks. Or I can talk to you guys and tell you, like, man, I feel like shit right now. And I know you guys are gonna understand. Yeah. But you're you're my friend that you know doesn't compete is probably somebody that I shouldn't go talk to about those things because they're not gonna be able to give me valuable feedback like somebody that can relate with me can. Yeah. But here's here's another point too that that I want to bring up. I guarantee the people in your life that are your friends and close friends who aren't deeply embedded in bodybuilding still have one common denominator between all of them, and they are still highly motivated individuals at whatever they yep. do. 
Like I can think of like, you know, Zach Buckler. That's one of my best friends. He was my best man at my wedding. He competed in a show one time. You know, he's a great attorney in Lexington, Kentucky. And he is a full-time lawyer. He's yeah. helping people nonstop with the law. So he, he, you know, he still likes to work out and stuff like that. And he's very highly motivated individual. And he understands what I do for work. So we get along very well because we can often talk about how um, how taking care of the general public is a full-time job and not many people can understand how to do that. How being an attorney and being a bodybuilding coach can be related and how you can be make it more beneficial for you and make better strategies. So that's something we often talk about. And there's, and there's a mutual respect there, just like man to man. Like, you know, like I said, four of my closest friends, none of them, they all work out. You know, one of them is a, just earned his pro title for the UFC. So that's kind of an exception, right? But then, like, one of my buddies is one of the best realtors in Knoxville at a very young age and is very successful. One of them is a pharmacist. One of them works in D.C. for a, a, a three-lettered place that I can't say out loud, right? And they, But they all are passionate and driven at what they love to do. So there's a mutual respect and understanding, Right. So that's where we kind of draw the line. It's like not just because somebody doesn't prep doesn't mean you can't be best friends with them. But I think yeah. the thing that matters is finding people who are passionate and driven at literally whatever it is. I couldn't give two shits what your passion is as long as you are fully enveloped in it, right? Yeah. Right? Because then that that's where that empathy comes from, right? Um, and that's where die trying, that's literally what my brand is trying to embody is like, I just care about people who care very deeply for whatever it could be in this life, yep. but that's all that matters to them. Right. So I think one thing big on success is just surrounding yourself with people that also want to have success. Yeah. You know, and you will often be become better as a person based on exactly that. Like, so, you know, I have friends that are all trying to push themselves to be better people and do better in their job or get a promotion and the more i hang out with those people the more motivated i am right yeah so this can relate in bodybuilding in a way because if you have like i, I encourage a lot of my competitors uh, on my team to become friends with each other while they're prepping yeah or become comfortable with messaging each other because i think that can help a lot with the mental side of everything with getting results and this can go for general nutrition people too meet other people that have similar goals to you have a workout partner that wants to achieve the same thing and i think you're going to get a lot better results if you do so yeah i mean it, it, like you said like especially in this world especially with prepping like we we talk about it it can be very it can feel very lonely at times right and, and very you just feel isolated because in certain regards you have to be isolated, right? But yeah. like having somebody who is just going through a very similar thing that you are in that moment is like such a relief, right? Yeah. Again, it's like the truest level of empathy. Even if you guys aren't doing the same show, even if they're 12 weeks out and you're five weeks out, just being like, like me and Austin did it. We did the same show and we would message each other every so often, like, dude, this sucks, LOL. And he'd be like, yeah, for sure. Right. Like that's that that in yeah. itself helped in some regard. Right. But we we held each other accountable, too. And like I was fortunate the gym I was training at during prep 
there were a few other guys prepping. So like we would cross paths and have simple conversation. We kind of got it. It would be like the, Hey man, how are you feeling? I already know how you're feeling, but how are you feeling? Question. Right. And it's like coming from somebody who also is feeling what you're feeling. That question means a lot more than just like someone who's just like, Hey buddy, how are you doing? Okay. And you're like, no, like what sucks, you know, but it makes the big, it makes the world a difference. It could be, it could be as simple as too. It's like starting like a cardio group, you know, like, you guys all have the same goal to do cardio. And I, I've seen a lot of people post stuff like hashtag cardio gang and shit like that. And, you know, there's four of them in a row on stair mills and they're all doing cardio. Yeah. And I think that's, a, that's cool. You know, that that's something you can do to meet other people that have similar goals to you that are also waking up at 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and not a lot of people want to do that. Not a lot of people are motivated to wake up at 5 a.m. But if you know, Hey, there's three other three other people relying on me to wake up at 5 a.m. because I motivate them too. And you guys are all waking up at 5 a.m. to make sure everybody else is motivated to motivate each other. That's a really good tactic, in my opinion. Yeah. My my cardio crew was an 83-year-old man at my apartment complex named Daniel, who for like weeks I would go in at the same time wearing like obviously like full sweats, everything else. And he'd come in, we'd say good morning and kind of start doing our thing. And then one day he was like, let me ask you, man, why are you doing this? And I was going to compete in, in bodybuilding. That's when we became, we became buddies. But like it like if, if one of us didn't show up on time, it was a conversation the next session of like, why weren't you here? You know what I mean? Like, and it was cool. We kept each other accountable, but it was like so bizarre. It was just like an 85 year old dude who's super nice. Um, but it makes a difference, man, because like obviously we have to show up for ourselves in this sport, but a lot of times it does kind of become easier in a certain way when you feel like you're showing up for other people too. Yeah, I remember like my last prep um, in 2019, I remember Mike Beatty was prepping at the same time as me and we were actually doing the same show and we were both going through like a relationship split. So yeah. we would mess each other a lot, but we'd be like, you know, he would check up on me in the morning and be like, how's your cardio going? And I'd the same thing with him and I'd be like, dude, I'm getting through it. But it was nice to just have somebody that I could relate to that was pushing towards the same goal that I could always message in the mornings and be like, dude, this cardio fucking sucks. This today sucks. And they'd just be like, dude, I feel you. Yeah. And it's it's enough for me sometimes and to just be like, have somebody who can be like, oh, yeah. But yeah. And to remind you, though, that it's worth it. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and again, it's like it, it's just knowing that someone's in your corner. And as experiencing the trenches with you, man, they're in the trenches with you. That's the coolest thing ever is to start getting a group of people that are some way, somehow on the same level as you are. Yeah. And that's why I think helped me a lot. This prep was having Austin because we were prepping for the same show and like getting to experience a lot of it together and staying on top of each other and communicating nearly daily, you know, and sometimes, you know, throughout the, the whole day about where we were at mentally, like if we needed anything, like whatever it may be, like it made a huge difference for my morale because like I said, I spent most of that, this prep by myself. I primarily trained by myself. I primarily like, obviously I work from home and I'm a hermit. So I wasn't like doing much. I discovered what Instacart was. Thank God for that. (laughs) So I didn't have to go to the grocery store anymore. Like I didn't have to go to the grocery store. So like for me, it helped a lot having that social interaction that had that level of empathy because I knew he was going through what I was going through and vice versa. So it was a very honest conversation that I was very receptive to. So thank you, Austin. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely what we're talking about here is like with prep, find as many people as you can 
that are prepping for something around you that you know of. And it's in every community. Like right now in Lexington, I can think of like 10 people off the top of my head that I know are prepping for a show right now. Yeah. In Louisville, I could probably think of 20. And those are areas around me where I'm like, okay. And I was talking to uh, my client, Danielle, the other day. She was at the posing clinic. And, you know, she had two of her friends she brought with her. And I told them all, I was like, become best friends. Like yeah. during that stuff, because they're all in prep and, you know, they're all, they've all at least done it before. They may not be in prep right now, but I was like, become best friends and talk to each other. Those hard days, you can often get through these hard days or you can progress on a new level as a human just by having somebody else that relates with you to push you to that next level and keep the intensity high and make sure you know your purpose of doing this and that it's okay. You got to make it past each day. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you, you have to, the sport we continue to talk about it. The sport, you cannot do this all on your own and you shouldn't, yeah. you need to find people. And, and like I said, a lot of times the easiest way is to find people also going through it because again, like, like for me, you know, if, if somebody tried to, I guess, console me in a certain sense that had either never been through a prep or actually, yeah, let's just say never been through a prep. It's going to be a lot harder for me to be receptive to this conversation because in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, but you don't really get it but when it's coming from somebody who is also six weeks out and has a death face and they're like you're going to get through it i get it it sucks i, I will listen because they're going yep. through it right yeah that's the difference but that's that's what we're trying to get the point across guys is like you have to surround yourself with like-minded people not necessarily meaning in the, in the craft you're doing yourself but just in the level of motivation and drive that they have to be the best version of themselves and whatever they're doing if yeah. you're surrounding yourself with lazy people who thrive in mediocrity, you will in return be a lazy person who thrives in mediocrity. I'm very fortunate that I've found like my lifelong friends and I've found the people that matter to me in this world and that are in my small circle. And the reason they're in my small circle is for, and they provide a, uh, an immense amount of value to my life, but it's because they all hold me to the standard that I need to be held to right? There are expectations to like, I don't want to let any of my friends down at the end of the yeah. day. And so that's what continues to drive me to be a better coach, a better friend, a better athlete, you know, because that is the expectation and I hold them to the same expectation in return. Yeah. I remember a time in my life, man, where I really discovered how important who you surround yourself with. And it really hit me was, I remember I was 19 years old and I had just gotten out of jail I had been in jail for a little bit and I was just starting college because I got out of jail and I went immediately to college, which was a very interesting transition. Yeah. So anyway, I remember I came back to hang out with some of my old friends that, you know, I'd hung out with before I went to jail and I hadn't seen them in a while. And I come over to this house that they're at, and, you know, they're still, they're all smoking weed. They're all drinking beer. And it got to a point where they were outside and two of them were jumping on top of a police car. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to get myself out of here. I cannot be around these people. This is going to cause me to be in a worse situation. I can't be in trouble. Yeah. So I distanced myself from those people. And I, I started making friends in college that were also, you know, going to the gym every day. And I remember I met my friends, Craig and Caleb, who they would go train pretty much every single day at the wellness center. And they would eat seven meals a day. And they, you know, 
show me what pre-workout was. I didn't even know what pre-workout was at this time. Hell yeah. Then they, they <laughs> taught me how to train shoulders in the same day. Like they were like, had their own shoulder day and they, we would, they would push me on exercises. These are the people I started surrounding myself with at a very young age, because I realized if I hang out with these people that are just smoking and drinking and jumping on police cars, I'm going to go ahead and end up like they are. And yeah. What's crazy to me now is now that I'm 30 years old, I look back and like three of those guys are dead. Shit. And it, it really hits me when I think about that. I'm like, you know, three of them are dead and, you know, two of them are still doing something, but they're not living their fullest life. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like that could have been me if I didn't decide to upgrade my social circle. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you leveled up and, it's 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 the coolest shit ever when you witness somebody finally have that revelation and then take the leap because those are the two very life altering things to occur and they're very they're not easy right like having to have that conversation with yourself of like they're not good to me is hard and I've had to have it too one of my closest friends growing up was struggled immensely with addiction and everything else and you know failed sobriety countless times and I'd failed sobriety countless times and I finally was like man I can't. I can't party anymore. Like I can't do this. And that was kind of the straw that broke his back of, of our friendship. That's all. And, and looking back now and, and seeing that at that young of an age, that's all the friendship was to him was us partying. You know what I mean? And that kind of yeah. sucks to, to feel that way on my end. But like I had to level up. I had to go find what was more important to me. And at the end of the day, like I want my spot at the fucking table to eat and I want my friends to have their spot too. And yeah. I want them to be worthy of the spot just in the same as myself. Yeah, that, that's one thing is I, I was very grateful to have is like on my 30th birthday, I was sitting on a rooftop smoking cigars with two of my friends. And, you know, one was talking about how he's trying to become the CEO of the company he works for and how he's, you know, a couple years away from that possibly and how he just got a raise. The other one's talking about how they just start, started a partnership with yeah. another uh, attorney and like how they're making so much more money and you know and these people are ones that i can actually tell my successes to and they don't get jealous yes that's a big Dude, thing which is a, a huge thing when you're hanging out with people and you tell them a positive thing you did and then they get jealous of what you're doing or seem like they kind of envy you go away from that person if your friends somebody you need to hang out with if your friends are getting fucking excited beyond measure for when you go share something with you, them, they're not your friend at the end of the day. Like I, when anybody comes to me with a success, we get so fucking excited. Like my friend who's a realtor just took a VP role with like a Fortune 500 company. And when he told us, I mean, we all, conference call immediately, lost our fucking minds, right? Because that's the coolest shit to me because my friends are getting what they deserve in this world, right? If I was to be like, oh, dude, that's not fair. I deserve that. I wouldn't be his friend, right? Yeah. So if you, if your people, it, or it, the other thing is too, if like they try to one up you or whatever it may be, like yeah. it's taken me a long time. And truthfully, um, becoming friends with you was when I started to realize what it means to actually have somebody with pure intentions for me and my success, right? Because I think a lot of my life I accidentally and wasn't aware, surrounded myself with people who wanted the best for me for their behalf like for their betterment if that yeah. makes sense and it wasn't just for the sake of they wanted me to succeed they, did, they didn't want to just see me succeed they wanted to reap the benefits of it beside me 
And like, it's taken me a long time, like to be able to step back and observe and understand people's actual intentions and trying to put themselves around me. Yeah. And one thing, man, I've really noticed is like, always hang out with the friends that cheer you on that want yep. you to do better like that are honest with you Th those are the people that you should keep around and i've had to tell some people that are close to me some hard truths and stuff like that i've had to tell them some of them to get control of where it's so much work on their schedule before they burn out and those are things that you need to hear because if you don't have those friends in your circle that are telling you honest truths then you're often just going to be hanging out with a bunch of yes man that are just like oh man that's cool and they they have no honest feedback to make you a better person and that's one thing i've always been adamant on being like if somebody tells me something and i think what they're doing is completely stupid or they're making excuses i'm like dude that's just dumb you're making yep. excuses and i think that's what some people need to hear and that's what a friend does yeah, a friend doesn't just tell you what you want to hear; they tell you what you need to hear. Yeah, we, you and I have kept help or have kept each other accountable many times. You tell me I'm being a stupid idiot, and me telling you that you're doing too much in this world and you're spreading yourself too thin. But we have those honest conversations with one with one another out of concern, right? Yeah. Like I know that you care about me, and I care about you, and it's just coming from that place. It's not you know, coming from a place of animosity or whatever it may be. And you have to have those conversations. If you just have people who are simply like gassing you up and saying yes to everything, like you, how are you going to level up in life if you don't have people trying to ensure that it occurs? Yeah. Like in part of those having these hard conversations. Yeah. Like it's funny, man. I had a friend the other day and you know, he was super excited because he finally bought like a new car and it's a nice car, mm -hmm. but he's like, dude, I feel like I can't tell anybody that I bought a new car because they would like talk bad about me. Fuck them. And as somebody else that's experienced that, like, I think it's so funny. Cause like, you know, of course I, I have some, I have vehicles that I bought one for business that, you know, are nicer vehicles. Like I remember when I bought the Range Rover, another guy on like a live stream that I was watching, talked shit about coaches with Range Rovers and said, don't go to a coach that has just because they have a Range Rover. So it's like, people will find a way to talk bad about you. Even if you do positive stuff. Yeah. But the people that actually matter will cheer you on. It's a sick range, dude. I've gotten to sit in it. It's so cool. Yeah, and it's just like, but it, like, <laughs> I was so confusing to me as a person because I was like, don't don't go to a coach because they were able to afford a car. Like that doesn't make sense. Like th that's a good example. I remember uh, there's a coach around uh, Northern Ohio area, and he's super successful coach. He'll admit to you he takes on like 600 people at a time. Yeah, but yeah, he drives yeah. a Lamborghini. Yeah, and I remember. I remember somebody talked shit about him because he drives a Lamborghini. They're like, like I wouldn't go to him because he drives a Lamborghini. And I'm like, how the fuck does that correlate? Yeah, <laughs> like, it doesn't. It makes no sense, coaching. man. Like, it's like you're, you're jealous of this guy, so you don't want to go to him for coaching? Like, I, I don't what? I don't know <laughs> at, at what point, but, like, I've gotten to the point now where where I I just get excited for people and those things, right? Like, I admire those things. when, it, when like, like I said, the Ranger or whatever it may be. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, I'll get my own and I've gotten my own and all that good shit. But, like, I'll never be like, oh, Tyler has a Range Rover and I deserve a Range Rover. So, you know, whatever. Like, it's not the envy. I don't necessarily possess much envy anymore, especially when it comes to, like, monetary things. Because, like, your money doesn't matter to me unless you're paying my bills, right? 
So why would I be jealous of what you've earned in this life? Because I'm earning what I've earned in this life up to this point. Like, I don't understand why that's a thing, truthfully. It, I, I just, I don't comprehend that. Well, that's the thing is like, I, I seek other people that are wanting to achieve new levels in their lives. Yeah. Like, that's why me and you became such good friends, because I can tell how far you want to go. You're like, I really want to build a great coaching business. I want to be a top level athlete. I would want to do whatever it takes. And there's a lot of other people I've surrounded myself that are just like that, because those people remind me that being who I am and having these enormous goals is okay. Yeah. But I've also centered myself around people where they're just like very complacent and they're like, this is good enough. No such thing. And it's like, I had to ask myself at one point, I'm like, do I want to just be comfortable? Yeah. Or do I want to make it to new levels? here's, Here's a question. And this is a really weird philosophical moment. If contentment means the truth, this is just me being devil's advocate. If contentment means the truest form of happiness, would you be okay with being content? Uh, with how I'm as a person, no, because I feel like there's still a better way to do things. I like to challenge myself, I guess you could say. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's the thing about me is like doing the bare minimum would make me crazy. Yeah. I always feel like there, there's something missing and I'm like, Overall, what what is you got to ask yourself like what's your purpose in life or what do you think your purpose in life is? For sure. And my purpose in life, I found, is you know helping other people achieve their goals. Yeah. And I feel like I'm not content with that until I do it to a certain level. What's your what are your Let me ask you what are you, what is what are your goals? You know, I want to coach somebody at the Olympia level. Mm-hmm. I want to have multiple Olympians. Uh, multiple pro card winners and I want to be you know remembered as one of the best coaches in bodybuilding yeah which which is you know a a huge task to do I think because there's now so many people that do this but there's not many people that can do it extremely well yeah but it's happening yeah you know cool I think I love how quickly you answered that too. I think that's important. Like there's no fear yeah. in, in saying that. And I think that's very important. Um, but that's why I'm say, what would you say yours is, man? I, I, I mean, there are a lot of goals that I have. I'm 24 years old and, um, yeah. you know, so there's, I have a lot of aspirations in this world. Ultimately, like I think in recent years, I've finally overcome a lot of my imposter syndrome and recognizing how good of an athlete I can be. And that is, something that I am forever consumed in seeing till the end of time, right? I, there is a lot that I want to accomplish in the, you know, in the competitive realm. And I truthfully believe that like I can be a pro bodybuilder and I think I can be a really good one at that in due time. Granted, I, I'm not going to necessarily say that like an Olympia is, is where I'm going to land or wherever it may be, but I know that I can be a top contender in the sport So I think from a competitive standpoint, that's where that's at. And then from like a coaching standpoint, you know, I was fortunate to find out that my purpose lies in helping others at a very young age. And so I've already kind of accomplished a pretty big life goal of mine of being my own boss. I work for myself and I love that. Now it's a matter of, you know, becoming a better coach as far as how many athletes are on my roster, 
how good of a coach I am, you know, coaching more athletes. I'd love to turn somebody pro, you know, and just starting there at that point, like I obviously have massive aspirations beyond that, but I think these are more tangible, realistic, short-term goals. Um, and obviously like looking at it from a perspective of like financial freedom, like getting out of debt and getting all that taken care of. I'd love to buy a new vehicle soon as I've driven the same car that I've had since college. And, you know, obviously I'd love to have kids and all these other things. So I have a lot of goals, right? And there, and there are a lot of facets and it's like, but I'm watching the trajectory of my life and these things are coming quicker than I've ever anticipated. Like they are happening, you know? Yep. And that's the thing, man, is uh, I think a lot of people should ask themselves, and this is a very valuable question, what we just asked each other. What are your goals? What do you think your purpose is in life? And are you hanging around with the right people to make sure that you get there? And does your value system adhere to that as well? Yeah. That's a revelation I had to have a couple of years ago. When I sat down, I wrote down my current value system, meaning what matters to me, right? Whether yeah. it's things or whatever, hobbies, whatever it may be. It can be anything. Like shoes matter to me. Who gives a shit? They matter to me. Everything yeah. is equal in this world as far as if it matters to you, it's important. But sitting down and writing out these goals or these values and then saying, okay, are these conducive to what I want to achieve in this world? And if they're not, it needs to change, right? Like if your goal is to be a great bodybuilder and on your value system, something that is important to you is partying, you might have to change your value system, right? Yes. But it comes with sacrifice, right? If it, if that goal matters to you, it has to matter more than whatever your value system is if those things are not conducive to helping you achieve said goal that you claim matters most to you. And if you don't want to change your value system, then you have to have a harder conversation and saying that goal doesn't matter to you as much as you think it does. Yeah, that's the truth. And make sure the people around you are supportive of what you say you want to do. Like if you mention your goals to your friend, they should be very ecstatic and supportive of like, yeah, you can do that. Like, yeah, that, that, that's something I can definitely see not being like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe you should like, you know, set the goal a little bit lower. Like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, don't, don't allow yourself to be put down from reaching the, you know, the top. Yeah. Like I believe in everything you just said, cause it's going to happen. And I think I'm going to be a part of it as well, truthfully. Right. And I know that you believe in me and just the same. So now yeah, it's just a matter exactly. of us making it happen for each other. It's a good place, I think. To run out of time here today, so yeah, we got about five minutes left, guys. Like I said in the last episode, um, hopefully this will change and we can ramble and rant for a little bit longer um, each episode. If that's something you guys would be interested in, um, we do love and appreciate all of you for taking time out of your day to listen. We appreciate all the feedback, the five star reviews, uh, the reviews on Apple Podcasts, and all of the reposts, like I said, this is, this has grown exponentially quicker than I think either of us realized. And, um, it matters a lot to both of us. So we want to try to give as much back as we possibly can. If there are any subject matters that you guys want us to discuss, any questions, comments, and concerns, please feel free to reach out to either of us on Instagram. We'd be more than happy to do that for you. Um, Tyler, do you have any tidbits of wisdom you would like to add? I think that's great. Uh, like you said, I've gotten probably over close to a hundred messages this week asking questions about like what spices I'm in and what, what yeah. sauces or how to cook this certain meal or what product to use for this or uh, commenting on what we talked about on certain episodes. And we really appreciate that feedback. Like the amount of people listening to this all over the country right now is really cool. Yeah. It's so, cool shit. 
we're going to keep bringing you good episodes. We're trying to fit topics that are like, you know, bodybuilding related and, you know, general nutrition, lifestyle related. So everybody can listen to these and really get something from it. Yeah. We love you guys. We appreciate all of you. Um, until next time, thank you for listening to the modcast. Look up Tarsier monkeys. Monkeys. <laughs>